Hello, this is Mary Christopher, and this is our Sunday meditation podcast. It's been snowing all day here in Atlanta, and it's been in the low 30s. Um, Snow, a lot of the snow has melted, but it's been beautiful and very quiet. So, Atlanta has a history of having these storms come in and people not being prepared or people not leaving work early enough and getting stranded on the interstates or stranded somewhere not close to home um, or schools not being let out early enough or the fact that a lot of people <laughs> in this area do not know how to drive in icy, snowy, cold, wet conditions. And that is a learned skill. So that was something that I was taught when I was growing up. Of course, I started driving really early um, because we were on the farm a lot and I could just sit in my dad's lap and steer. (laughs) Um, And then when I got older and could reach the pedals, and this was when you had to do the clutch, this was 100% 100% stick shift, um, especially on the farm. Um, as I, as I, as soon as I was old enough to reach the pedals and see over the dashboard, I'd all, often drive while they were the guys were feeding or, you know, gathering hay or something where I just had to go in a straight line and keep a steady speed, so... I've been driving for a long time, and I did the same thing with my kids. I couldn't exactly do the farm thing, but when they were visiting my folks, they did drive on the farm. So I tried to pass. I was taught how to drive in mud, in rain, in sleet, uh, on icy conditions. Uh, So I tried to pass that on to my kids. But Atlanta has a history we could say a notorious history of people getting stranded. So because this was Sunday and also because Monday is a holiday here in the U.S., it's Martin Luther King Day, um, like most people were not going anywhere at all. And I was kind of watching for a nice time when it warmed up a little bit and I could get out and walk and do the podcast, but it didn't, just about the time I'd be ready to go out, it would start snowing or get colder or whatever. So I'm doing this one inside, but I'm looking outside and it's, it's snowy and uh, the streets are wet and it's going to freeze tonight. So Tomorrow's going to be another quiet day, I think. So wherever you are in the world, and I know that there are folks who listen to this podcast all around the world, and I also know that a lot of you listen on Spotify, so thank you. 
Thank you for listening. Wherever you are, however you're getting the podcast, thank you. I I appreciate that. Last week, I was talking about play and how I felt like, um, or I had actually realized I was being way too serious. Um, And I don't mean by play, I don't mean being irresponsible. Um, And I'm sure that you understood that. But play is important. And um, one of the reasons that play is important, I've been thinking about this all week. One of the reasons it's important is that that when we're playing or allowing ourselves to be in a playful mood, then we are more creative. And we're usually a little more relaxed. And when we're more creative and relaxed, we tend to be better at problem solving. And we also tend to be less stressed, which is a very good thing. So I have friends who knit, who draw and color, who sew, who make quilts. Uh, Some of my friends are really good at gardening. Uh, and other things that are cooking, cooking. Oh, my gosh. I have friends who are amazing cooks. Um, And they do these things because they love to do them. And it brings out their creativity. And there's, there's always... Like when we do something creative, there's usually an element of problem solving that comes up. Even if we're knitting, if you like knit in a mistake, which rarely any of my friends who knit knit in a mistake, um, but if they do, it's not a problem. They don't stress out about it. They just fix it. So that's a really great way to approach life. It's it's really very helpful to approach life like that. And this is also a benefit or a byproduct or uh, an earned, <laughs> earned reward for meditation, like for whatever kind of meditation you do, whether it's sitting, standing, yoga, qigong, aikido, kung fu. I mean, it doesn't, whatever ever fishing fishing is a kind of meditation for for a number of people and one of the things about fishing or about being out in nature is that in most cases um without us thinking about it like like if we're hiking or just walking in the woods or being in the park where there are a lot more trees than people, our whole system begins to reset itself. It begins to resonate or come into harmony with nature because our 
bodies, our whole system, including our being, is is formed out of nature. Okay? Um, we're some of the only creatures who live in square buildings. <laughs> Most creatures, uh, unless we put them there, don't live in square anything it's it's an awkward shape it and a square is an awkward angle in creation which i'm sure if you look around you can tell um so when we're out like that when we're in nature our system begins to resonate or reset itself to that frequency, to that coherence. And the frequency of the earth and the frequency of nature in general is much more harmonic and resilient than our modern high-tech zooming from here to there, being busy, being serious, uh, thinking a lot. Okay, it's... It's much more coherent and much more resilient. And in class, we're, we're working this month on coherence, and we've started with the, the heart-brain coherence. And this is something that we've talked about a good bit before. And one of the reasons is that, based on our high-tech capacity and research, and a, a lot of this is... Uh, Research that's done by the Heart Math people. They're in Colorado and they've been doing this research for years. And what they have discovered using technology is that the electromagnetic field of the heart, okay, the electromagnetic field of the heart is 5,000 times greater than the electromagnetic field of the brain. And in modern times, and the way I was brought up, and certainly many people still believe this, that the brain's the thing. The brain's it. Well, if you look at it, the brain's, the brain's just the brain. I mean, it's amazing, and, and it does a tremendous job for us, but all the brain is doing is what what we ask it to do, or what it's been, pardon the phrase, what it's been programmed to do. So, technically speaking, it's, it's our consciousness that's driving the brain. But the difficulty with that is that sometimes what's driving the brain is our inner five-year-old or our inner three-year-old um, or a very wounded part of us or maybe a very irresponsible part of us or the part of us that is addictive, right, or, or has addictive tendencies or um, the enraged three-year-old or... I mean, I can you you get the drift, you know. 
And this is also one of the great, great benefits and byproducts of meditation is that as we become quieter and more compassionate and more at ease with ourselves and more in tune with that inner, inner, inner part of us, that being, right, then that being is more dominant or more prevalent or more available when we ask for guidance or when we're uh, in a situation where we need inner guidance or where we need our intuition to um, work and we need to listen to our intuition. And we all have this. We all, we all have this capability of asking for and getting the highest guidance possible. Um, and But we forget that. We forget that we can ask for guidance. We can always ask for guidance. And you can ask for guidance from, depending on what path you're on. Um, for instance, in Buddhism, um, one of the very basic teachings is that we can take refuge in the Buddha, in the Sangha, which is our spiritual community, and in the Dharma, which is the teaching or the way. So there, and in Christianity, it's very similar. It's also similar in just about every tradition that I know of, or that I've ever heard of, or studied, or there, there's this aspect of of where to go for refuge, where to go for help, where to go for guidance, like how to do that. Um, so we have that available to us, that level of, of guidance and help. And in that regard, also it helps to be a little bit playful and a little less serious. Um, and I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but we're, we get pretty serious about our spiritual work, and it's good to be committed and, and um, focused, yes, and consistent with our spiritual work. But we don't need to be all that serious about it. I mean, we can, we can have fun. We can do fun things. Um, we can we can lighten the load, so to speak. So I I assume that you're kind of catching the drift here. I'm sure you are, because you're all very bright. Um, so anything you can do during the next few weeks, wherever you are. I mean, you know, here in the U.S. we've got, and in other countries as well, I know, we've got a lot of politics, um, this lovely variant to the virus, to the COVID virus. Um, we've got all kinds of things going on and rumors of war and rumors of this and rumors of that and so difficult to check facts sometimes. But 
if we can lighten up a little bit and lower our stress levels and be a little more creative, give, give ourselves opportunities to be a little more creative, then we're going to be less stressed. We're going to be carrying less tension. All of our systems are going to work better, including our immune system, which is so important right now. So the more creative, the more playful we can be, right, then the better we're going to be at functioning. Our sleep will be better. Our intuition, or at least our capacity to reach our intuition, is going to be better. And I can I can tell you from my own experience, when I am a little bit more place, playful and I'm more present and my problem-solving abilities are, are much better. They're functioning better. So here's my recommendation that whatever you do this week, um, find a way to either do something playful and creative or be more playful and creative about whatever you're doing. So it can work both ways. And just see, just check it during the week and see if it doesn't help. It doesn't help your sleep and your rest and your relationships. And and even what I've noticed is that it has improved my ability to hear. Okay, so the distinction there is we all know that we should listen to other people when they're trying to communicate with us. And sometimes we, we do a pretty good job of listening, but we may not hear them very well because there's so much clutter in our brain or there's so much chatter going on. And and we've all had that experience. So when we're a little more playful, a little less serious, a little less sort of consumed with our own stuff, right, we can listen and we can hear a little bit better. And so our communication in general is better, which is a really good thing. Okay, so I hope I hope this is useful. I hope it is. And um, I thought maybe we could do um, a go to your favorite place kind of meditation. Everyone um, in class likes to do this, especially when it's cold and wintry and like that outside. And it may not be cold and wintry where you are. It may be too warm and humid or storming or whatever. But with this meditation, you can go wherever you want, like to your favorite place in nature. And just be there for a while. Okay, so... 
I'm going to one of my favorite places in nature, which is a beach with a lovely, lovely water, like blue water and nice waves, (laughs) calm, a very calm ocean and warm breezes and I'm in the shade and um, so but you go where you're comfortable, right? What for to the place that's comfortable for you, and where you feel relaxed and at ease, and where you can tune into nature and feel yourself held, like held by nature, by the earth, by the breeze by sunlight coming through the trees maybe the sound of birds one of the ways that I know that I am relaxed and quiet um, if I'm meditating like under a tree is that I at some point I begin to hear the little bugs in the on the earth crawling you know through the grass and through through the the old leaves i can hear them moving and that tells me i'm very relaxed and centered and in a great place for meditation so but you go where you are comfortable and and i'm not going to describe any other place, we'll just do our usual getting ourselves grounded and settled, and then we'll take about five minutes. And again, if if you can stay in that place longer, just do it. If you're comfortable, just do it. Just stay right there. And if you need to finish our little meditation and get back to life right then do that just whatever you need to do so if you've been sitting for a while then I would suggest getting up and stretching it's much easier to meditate if we're relaxed and we stretched out and kind of eased some of the tension that we get from sitting in one place too long so and when you've stretched out and wiggled around a bit then find a comfortable place sitting I'm I like to sit on the floor and I usually lean up against a wall or a chair um, Some people are very comfortable lying on a bed, lying on a sofa, lying on the floor. Whatever's comfortable for you. That's that's the main thing. If you're comfortable with your legs crossed, great. If not, (laughs) whatever's comfortable. Okay? Great, great, great. Okay. So we're going to do our breathing, get ourselves centered, relaxed, and then just go to that place in nature where you feel safe and you're comfortable and you're nourished.
okay? It's a sort of like an, an, a, a way of doing forest bathing like they have that like they do in Japan and other places. Um, but sort of like that. You want to be where you feel nourished. So as you breathe in, following your breath, all the way down to your solar plexus, feel yourself becoming more centered. And as you breathe out, following your breath from the very bottom of your lungs, up past your heart, through your throat, out through your nose or your mouth. Allow yourself to relax. Now as you breathe in, Deep, gentle breath. Maybe let your tummy expand a little bit. Pulling your diaphragm down. Filling your lungs. Feel yourself becoming more centered. And as you breathe out, Following your breath out from your lungs, past your heart, your throat, and out into the space all around you. Allow yourself to relax a little bit more. And when you're feeling centered and relaxed, and you're comfortable with your breath, then see or feel yourself in nature, one of your favorite places where you feel safe and comfortable, surrounded by beauty, maybe you can feel a warm breeze, the sunshine, you can hear birds, hear the breeze, whatever is the most comfortable, healing, peaceful place for you. And just remember what that is like, how it feels. Use your senses. And when you're comfortable, just let yourself be there for the next four to five minutes and soak up the harmony and the beauty and the wonder of that place.
As you breathe in, following your breath, down into your solar plexus. Be aware of how centered you feel. And as you breathe out, following your breath, be aware of how relaxed you are. As you breathe in, following your breath down into your solar plexus, be aware of how at ease you feel with yourself or how coherent As you breathe out, be aware of all the surroundings where you are sitting. Bring yourself back to the present, to where you are. And when you're ready, as you're breathing out, Gently open your eyes. Oh, that felt good. Mm. Well, I hope you had a lovely meditation. I wish you a wonderful week. Be safe and healthy wherever you are in the whole wide world. So take care of yourself. Uh, do healthy things. <laughs> Drink plenty of water. Get some good rest. And Every time that you remember to breathe, remember to be a little more playful, maybe a little more creative. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>